Welcome to the Apostles Houston podcast, and thanks for listening. As a community following Jesus in Houston, we want to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do the kinds of things Jesus did. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, we invite you to join us for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. in Houston Heights. For more information, visit us online at ApostlesHouston.org. Well, again, good morning. Uh, If I've not had the chance to meet you, my name is David Cumbie. I'm the lead pastor here at Apostles. And um, on behalf of our church family, welcome. Thank you, Derek. We're so glad that, uh, that you're here this morning. Uh, we are going through a sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount, so we're going to continue in that. Before we do that, uh, we want to invite our kids who are uh, below second grade. So if you're five years old up through second grade, follow the herd. There you go. All right. And you'll come back and join us here in just a few minutes. Um, and then if you are in third grade and up... Uh, we're so excited you're here, and we have a little handout that we'd like to give you, this clipboard that Mrs. Cumby and uh, Mary Campton are handing out. So just raise your hand. If they don't see you, raise your hand to make sure you get one of those. And that way you can follow along in the sermon, and there's some fun stuff uh, for you to do that's related to Lent. We're in the season of Lent right now. We kicked that off this past Wednesday, and so we're excited to walk through this holy season of Lent together. All right. <clears throat> If you want to grab a Bible or open up your Bible app to those verses, excuse me, that I just read in Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 through 18, that's where we're going to be this morning as we continue to look at Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. And I, I want to begin by just asking you a question. Have you ever felt hungry for God? Hungry for God. What I mean by hungry uh, is uh, had an unmet or unfulfilled desire to feel close to God, to, to feel God's present in, presence in a personal and, and kind of intimate way. Have you ever hungered for that, longed for that, and it seemed elusive or hard to connect with? There are times in my life when God seems far from me. I know he's not. He promises he's always with me, near to me, but he seems far away. Seasons when I feel dissatisfied in my spiritual life, even discouraged. It's not a loss of faith. It's more like a loss of connection. I don't know if you can relate to that. A a hunger for God. That feeling you get when you don't want to just read about God, you want to encounter God. You want to experience his presence. And in those seasons... Uh, Our devotional time can feel dry, our prayers can feel, well, they can wander, they can feel like they hit the ceiling. I don't know if you can relate to that, that kind of hunger and longing, unmet longing. And in those seasons, what we don't need is actually just more information about God. We don't just need more information, we don't even need just to do more things for God. What we need is to go deeper into God himself. Call it more of his presence. Some of the things we're just singing about and and hearing from God's word to experience the fullness of his his presence, of his spirit, this intimacy with God. That's what we are longing for. In the Christian life, knowledge of God is important. Actions matter. But there is a living and beating heart to the life with Christ. 
there's a hunger for a deeper connection to the infinite God, to Jesus. This past Wednesday, we entered into the season of Lent. It was an amazing service. We got to worship together and launch into this 40 days that lead us to the cross and to the empty tomb. It's an invitation. The season of Lent is an invitation for us to examine our hearts before the Lord and to ask the Holy Spirit to help us go deeper in Christ. That's the invitation of Lent. And one way, one way of many ways that we might enter into this deeper place with the Lord is through a Lenten discipline that uh, followers of Christ have practiced down through the centuries throughout the church around the world called fasting. Fasting. And so this morning I want us to talk about fasting during the season of Lent. Now maybe this is not new to you and maybe it is. Maybe if you're like me, fasting in itself seems a little intimidating. Perhaps you uh, have never tried it. You may wonder if it's actually necessary for followers of Christ to do. I think people who fast, we we tend to think of them as kind of like marathoners, right? We can all do a couple of laps around the track, but man, those people who fast, they are the real deal, right? They are the kind of Jedis of Christianity. We tend to think about fasting that way, don't we? And yet, I want to say this morning that fasting is for everyone. It's for all followers of Jesus. And so we're going to talk about what fasting is, and how we might take up this practice in this season of Lent. So what I hope to do today is give a simple overview of fasting for followers of Christ and maybe to replace some of our questions and our apprehensions with some clarity and even, even enthusiasm about fasting, that we might be excited about taking up this practice with Jesus during the season of Lent, that we would see fasting ultimately as an opportunity to connect in a deeper way with the Lord. So, real quick, just a a quick fasting overview before we get into Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6. So, fasting occurs throughout the Bible. At times, it's corporate. So, all of Israel at times will fast together. Other times, it's personal with just one or maybe a few people fasting. Perhaps uh, you've encountered stories where you, you see fasting used for different reasons. It's, it's fasting for God's provision in the Bible. Sometimes that's an urgent need, and so the people fast together, asking God for what they need. They fast to seek guidance for discerning big decisions. They fast in order to repent as a demonstration of sorrow for sin. And in all these cases, fasting involves giving up significant things. Maybe that's a common thread, whether it's food or drink or some other earthly comfort in order to seek after ultimate things and ultimately God himself. So that's, that's, that's just broad strokes fasting in Scripture. But the question I want to look at now is what does Jesus teach about fasting? What does Jesus say about this discipline? How does he understand it? Well, for one, I think when we look here at Matthew chapter 6 that we can observe Jesus assumes we will fast. There's an assumption here that we will take up this practice as followers of Christ. The first time Jesus speaks about this is in the Sermon on the Mount. And so as we begin this Lent, this season of Lent, I wanted to jump ahead. We'll come back to chapter 5 and 6 in our Sermon on the Mount series. But I wanted to jump ahead because I want us to enter into this season of Lent with Jesus' words before us on this practice of uh, of fasting. So 
Notice, if you're looking at it, I want you to have it open in front of you, verses 16 through 18. Look at that with me. Look and see. Do you notice that Jesus does not say, again, if you fast? He says, when you fast. So again, the assumption is all followers fast. His concern is that they do it, though, for the right reasons. Just doing it is not the goal. It has everything to do with the posture and the motives of our heart as we take up this practice. They are, in other words, are not to be legalists, fasting merely to follow man-made rules. They are not to be self-righteous about it, fasting for the praise of other people. Rather, it's to be done to connect with the Heavenly Father. That's what we're after, uh, connecting with God. Jesus stresses this point by saying, who is in secret. This is really about our heart before the Lord. And I think this idea of fasting in secret so that we are seen by the Father really draws us to the heart of what fasting is about. It's about the Lord. We fast to foster this closeness, this nearness, this intimacy with God. So Jesus is highlighting a spiritual reality here that I think is uh, profoundly counterintuitive and I think profoundly countercultural for us. And this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, if you go without, you will go deeper in, right? Going without, removing something, actually gives you more. And that's so counter to the way that we function in the world. We think more is better. And Jesus is saying to go without is actually to go deeper in, deeper in fellowship with the Lord. So, I want to look at this, how this works. How does going without help us deepen our relationship, our, pre- our sense of God's presence? And so I want to highlight just a few ways that fasting actually helps us go into this deeper place with the Lord. And the first is this. Going without helps us grow deeper roots. Deeper roots. <clears throat> so a recent study found that trees... Uh, it was looking at how trees respond in a time of drought. And, and it was really interesting that what, what happens, in other words, when, when trees who need water don't get rain? What do they do? How do they function? And the study's findings were very uh, surprising. Certain trees actually grow during drought times. During seasons of little water, they'll grow. Now, the growth isn't perceptible on the surface. The growth is below the surface. It's deep. Under the stress of severe doubt, drought, some trees respond with a strong increase in what is called a root mass fraction. All right? How about that for a technical term? Root mass fraction. That's what you learned about today at Apostles. Root mass fraction, meaning the ratio of the root size, right, how deep it goes compared to what you can see on the top, kind of like iceberg, right? So what it showed is that compared to the overall size of the tree, the the roots grow deeper and deeper and larger and larger in a time of drought. In a drought of normal nourishment, in other words, these trees reach for deeper sources. And this is exactly what can happen when we fast. Right? We're like trees. We need nourishment. Only our nourishment is uh, emotional and spiritual as much as it is physical. A fast is an intentional drought, you might say, for the sake of reaching to deeper resources. 
So there are times when we sense our connection with God needs to go deeper. We long for that. We're hungry for that. This can be because we're desperate for guidance or provision or for mercy. In the scriptures, in the Old Testament, we see an example of this. When the darkness of David's sin against Uriah and Bathsheba was exposed, and the illegitimate son of his assault on Bathsheba was, uh, was sick, David knew he needed more. He needed to go further. A simple prayer of contrition was insufficient. He needed to go deep, roots that would reach down, down into the depths of God's mercy. And so it says in 2 Samuel 12 that David fasted, and he went in and lay all night on the ground. The elders of his house stood beside him to raise him from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. And this went on day after day for seven days. Fasting from food and sleep was an act that helped him press deeper into repentance and prayer. And so he was utterly desperate, in other words, to reach these deep places of God, of his mercy and his forgiveness. And so going without illustrates how it might help us go deeper in, to sink deep roots into God himself. And so I just want to encourage you, maybe because of where you are right now in your life, you need guidance. You're desperate to hear a word from the Lord. There's something going on in your life, and you need clarity. You need direction. You need an answer, and you're desperate for that. And so you might fast. You might fast and take a break from talking and getting advice from all the other people in your life. And, and instead, focus your attention on seeking what God has to say, for example, from his word. So you might take a break from music, from TV for a few days, and in their place, put down roots into the scriptures, read and pray and journal and consider what God might be saying to you. Or maybe right now where you are, you feel apathetic about God. It was hard for you just to get here this morning. You're not feeling that connection. You're in that dry place with the Lord. Your struggle is with apathy. You you just can't seem to motivate yourself. You know that God loves you. You're convinced that his spirit is within you, but spiritual things have this sense of tastelessness right now. They don't feel life-giving. And so for you, fasting from things you enjoy, whether it's TV, snacks, video games, working out, and instead devoting time to seeking the Lord's heart, to finding places of stillness and solitude and allowing the Lord to stir your heart. Be still, the psalmist says, and know that I am God. Let him awaken in you that which has been lost. This Lent, we can fast from all kinds of things in order to reach deeper into the supernatural things that sustain us in this life. And so a disciple goes without to go deeper in, deeper into sources of nourishment from the Lord. If fasting helps us grow deeper roots, at the same time, it has a a purifying effect on our hearts. There's a sense in which it it brings us to a place where we can... uh, See more clearly. And so what I would say is going without reveals what we can't live without. The things that we've become convinced 
we can't live without. Before Jesus mentions fasting in Matthew 6, in Matthew chapter 4, he goes through a testing. Do you remember? He goes into the wilderness. And we're told that he fasted 40 days and nights before he faced the devil. The devil's first temptation tests Jesus' appetites. What does Jesus hunger for is what Satan is asking. This is what it says in Matthew chapter 4. It says, Then Jesus, who was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now here's what's fascinating to me about this. On the one hand, fasting helped prepare Jesus to face temptation. Right? This was an intentional thing. The Spirit led him to do this supernatural 40-day fast. And on the other hand, based on the timing of it, it seems like the devil was waiting for him to get to this point in the fast because he believed it made Jesus more vulnerable. So Jesus, it says, is hungry. He's hungry. It's precisely at that moment that Satan does what? He comes to him to test his appetites. Does Jesus want food? Does he want power? Does he want glory? More than he wants to obey his Father. That's the test. For Jesus then, and for us now, fasting, in other words, creates a war of appetites for us. In his book, The Celebration of Discipline, which I highly commend, uh, Richard Foster writes this. He says, more than any other practice, fasting reveals the things that can control us. This is a wonderful benefit to the true disciple who longs to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. We cover up what is inside of us with food and other things. So when Jesus chooses God over bread, he's not saying bread is bad, right? He's not saying I never need to eat. Rather, what he's saying is our appetite for God should be greater than our appetite for bread. Literally, our hunger for the Lord should be the greatest hunger that we experience. Fasting, in other words, is not just about forgoing bad things that are unhealthy for us. It's not just about New Year's resolutions you know, that help us give up things like chocolate or Netflix. Fasting is also about forgoing good things because good things can become God things. And so fasting probes our hearts and the, the things that attach themselves to our hearts, our desires. Jesus, Jesus often warns that a, a good gift can become a God. He said, money is not a bad thing, but watch out. The love of it can become a very bad thing. It's Matthew six twenty four. Family is a great gift from God, but if family, even family, is put before Jesus, he says your discipleship is at risk. Luke 14, 26. So fasting is a way that we can test what has a grip on our hearts. 
What am I attached to? What can I not go without? Is a question that emerges. What in your life are you turning to to bring you comfort from pain or escape from conflict rather than turning to the Lord? And we all do that. We're prone to wander, as the song says. So disciples fast to better know their hearts. Going without helps us to know what we couldn't bear to live without. Is it God or money? Is it God or sex? Is it God or success? Is it God or food? What is it? And so we, we come and we fast and we ask God to help show us and help us grow deeper with him and reveal our idols. But then also we fast because going without, and this is the third reason, going without is our hearts cry for Christ. After Matthew 4 and 6, the next time Jesus speaks about fasting is in Matthew chapter 9. And I encourage you to go and read what he says there, because just as he's finished a, a meal with tax collectors, uh, the disciples of John the Baptist, they come to him and they're confused. They're frustrated. They expect Jesus to be more like John the Baptist. Why aren't you fasting, <laughs> Jesus? So they come to him, Matthew 9, 14, this is what it says. Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but you and your disciples do not fast? And Jesus says to them, the wedding guests cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them. Can he? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then, and then they will fast. What is Jesus saying here? Jesus is saying his disciples will fast when the bridegroom is absent. When he is not with them is what he means. So God's people often understand salvation as the bridegroom coming, right, for his bride. And we, the people of God, we are the bride. We are the beautiful and precious bride of Christ. And Jesus is the bridegroom. And so Jesus explains that when the bridegroom is absent, how does the bride feel? She longs for the bridegroom. The bride longs for the bridegroom and fasts because she's longing for his presence. The bridegroom's absence is understood as this period where we're living right now. This time between his first coming and his second coming, when he will return for us, his bride. And so that's why Jesus says, when, when I'm gone, that's the time to fast. The time between my comings, that's the time to fast. But not now because I'm with them. And so we feel in this time in our day-to-day -day experience, moment to moment, we feel the absence of Jesus. He's not with us in a very real way. And so our hearts long to be with him. The Apostle Paul said, I'd rather be dead in some sense than be apart from the Lord. I'd rather be with him. I long to depart and be with Christ, he says. Not a death wish, but a beautiful longing for Jesus' presence. And so after his final meal with the disciples, Jesus even said, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom, the feast, the wedding feast of the Lamb. There is a type of fasting to the Christian life where we acknowledge that while life is good and beautiful, life would be even better with Christ. It would be the best it could possibly be with him. In that sense, all the Christian life is like a fast. We live in a fast, this unmet longing for Jesus. We come here each Sunday living in a fast, coming to the table, 
of the Lord Jesus, to be fed with his body and blood. We are hungry people. That's why the Bible ends with a a hungry calling. Come, Lord Jesus, Maranatha. And at the same time, at the same time that it's a longing because of his absence, it's also a way to taste his presence. When someone uh, foregoes a meal in order to set aside time to pray and to read the word, for example, when we do a fast, the Holy Spirit can actually bring Christ into our hearts in a unique and powerful way. When we gather around the table of the Lord Jesus, we encounter his presence in a unique and powerful way. It's not just feeling like we do or hoping that we do. We do. We don't understand how. But Christ is with us in a unique and powerful way now. And so when we fast from some of the joys of this life in order to seek his word and and to pray, we're longing for a taste, right? We're longing for a taste of the presence of the bridegroom. The day will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. Then they will fast, Jesus says. Disciples of Jesus fast not to earn his love. They fast because they are loved by him and they miss him. They miss him. So we fast to go deeper with God. We fast to reveal our idols and we fast in our longing for Jesus. That's the fasting that we want to do together in the season of Lent. And so in closing, I just want to invite you in this season of Lent as followers of Jesus as those who want to obey his commands and respond to his love, let's take up a practice of fasting. So maybe this morning, it begins just by asking the Holy Spirit to help you enter into this practice, whatever that may look like for you. And it can look a lot of different ways. Um, In fact, uh, this morning, I just put together a little short handout that has what you might call like a, a basic game plan for fasting during the season of Lent. And I want to encourage you just to pick one up. There's uh, copies on the lobby table. I've got copies up here, and I'll put them over here in the corner on the, on the lectern. But I just encourage you to, to, to take this call to fasting seriously. It's, it's a simple plan. You, you, you make a plan. You keep it doable. You challenge an idol in your life, and you consider technology. That might be the hardest one for all of us. It will be for me, right? And you can just pick one up on the way out and ask the Lord to help you and to pray. I included one uh, of these, a similar sheet just for families that, you know, sometimes we think, oh, well, this is just for adults. No, I think kids can fast. And so there's some ideas that are in the handout that the kids got this morning. And so I encourage you as families, maybe talk about what it might look like to fast. But this is the invitation to fast, to go deeper with the Lord as we go without, that we might encounter again and afresh his presence and his love for us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope this resource has been helpful to you. If you have questions or are just looking for more information, you can check out our website at apostleshouston.org.